Hi, friend, and welcome. I'm Marilyn Neese. Thank you for joining my podcast, Express Light. I believe we each have a unique gift and ability. Being created by nature, I had the desire to start my own business, and I know firsthand how important it is to blend creativity and business together. It has not always been easy for me, but I have successfully built my boutique serving people from all over the world. Because of my experience, I am passionate about helping others like myself who are looking to express light in their own lives through their gift, skill, or talent, and make a living doing it. If that's you, tune in each week as I provide tips, interview those who are successful in their craft, as well as share enlightening stories of how to build a business as a creative entrepreneur. Welcome to Express Light. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me. This is Marilee with Express Light, and today is a treat. I am with Brooke Bounds, and she actually lives in the UK, and she's a coach for people who've gone through childhood trauma, and she's going to be sharing her story a little bit um, so you can kind of learn a little bit of, you know, just the the process of what that takes. Also, you know, what led her into this and her passion. Brooke, I'm so glad to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's Thank start you for having out. me. Absolutely. So let's just start out first by, um, I know you're in the UK, but where, you know, what part specifically maybe, and then also um, just your personal story and how this led into what you do now. Okay. I live in a, in a very small village and it's a, about a 20 minute drive away from Wales. So I live like kind of near the border of England like going into Wales so if anybody knows the geography of England and Wales and Scotland they'll kind of know roughly where I am kind of near the middle of Wales um absolutely beautiful um countryside it's like the Shropshire Hills and it's absolutely glorious because we get a lot of rain here so it's a lot of greenery um but yeah the, how I started my, my journey I, I wasn't always um as happy as I am now and, and successful um I actually started off my life was very traumatic from the beginning because I was actually bored with worn with the cord wrapped around my neck which caused like complications mm-hmm. and then um I grew up with a narcissistic mother who constantly told me day in and day out that I was ugly mm-hmm. I didn't even have the audacity to be born properly that she wished I'd have died at birth that I'd never amount to anything, nobody would ever love me. And if I ever talked about my medical issues, then people would run away from me. So don't ever talk to anybody about that. So as you can imagine, I, I grew up with a very low self-esteem, very low confidence. And I just didn't kind of understand why. Because like, what was I what was wrong with me for, for my mum to be so horrible to me? And that's what happens with childhood trauma. When adults are saying things, we don't think um, because we haven't got that critical faculty until we're about seven, we don't think that, or maybe they're having a bad day, or maybe they've had a traumatic childhood. That, that we automatically think, what what have I done wrong? How can I put things right? You know. So we end up being like big people pleasers. So I would just try and do anything to make her happy, so she wasn't angry at me and, and didn't take it out on me. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of went through my childhood like that. Wherever she could put me down, she would put me down. And obviously she's had really deep inner child wounds that she had from her childhood, which resulted in her not being able to to love me because narcissists don't love themselves and they're not happy people. They're very, very insecure. Mm-hmm. And they often see their, their children, especially their daughters, if they have them, as like a threat. And they like to mold them into what they really want, want them to be. Mm-hmm. I then went on from, like as I say, jumping out the frying pan into the fire 
and ended up in a narcissistic relationship. Mm-hmm. So I'm a real kind of like deep thinker and reflector and thought, mm-hmm. actually, the common factor is me. Maybe if I work on my mindset, then I'll have better people around me that will treat me differently. So I went on a journey of discovery of like personal development and worked on my mindset. And I got all the skills. and I got all the knowledge. And I was very passionate about wanting to talk about my life story to see if I could help impact or inspire anybody else to realize that they're not alone. But when I wanted to do things, my body would be like, my heart would be pounding, my palms would be sweating. I thought, well, why am I so scared? Like, okay, right, feel that fear and do it anyway, you know. But it didn't feel right to me. So then I came across, you know, trauma and understanding trauma and how it can get trapped in the body. And I realized that although I'd worked my mindset, the trauma from like being a child was still trapped in my body. So every time I wanted to do something, even though logically, I knew I could do it. My body was going, no, no, you know, kind of like feeling like we were back being a sick kid. Like when I wanted to talk out on Facebook Lives or talk out on stage, my body was going, no, no, because it's dangerous to speak out. When we speak out, we get into trouble because I was born in the era where children should be seen and not heard and really, really behave themselves and not be outspoken. So I realized quickly that my body and my head were kind of like fighting against each other. And so I started to work on the trauma and releasing that and healing my inner child wounds. And that was the big game changer. So now when I want to do something, even if I have like some nerves come up or feel a bit fearful, I feel that fear. Then I process it and then I can go on and enjoy doing whatever I want to do. And this is how it brings me to like my my sort of like present day where I want all women to be able to feel that because so many women have got trauma issues that they don't always realize it because if they feel stuck in some way, it's often related to like a childhood trauma. And you don't have to have had a narcissistic mother like myself, but sometimes it can be just a sentence that somebody says that if you're feeling emotional will stick with you and kind of stick in your body and, and stay with you until you actually start to process it and start to heal from that. So I know what it feels like to be that really scared, insecure little child. And I now know what it feels like to be you know, feeling secure in myself and having that confidence and self-worth to go and do the things that I want to do. And I want to raise that awareness so other women can think, oh my goodness, yes, that's me. You know, like if you self-sabotage, or if you're a big people pleaser, or if you're a big emotional eater, you know, if you're a perfectionist or you procrastinate, these are all signals that you've had some childhood trauma that needs to be processed and sorted out. So I'm really, really passionate, as you could probably tell, about helping women to live the life they truly want without that guilt and shame. You know, I have so many women that come to me and say, well, the women in my family have always done it this way, so I can't change. But if it's not serving you and it doesn't feel right, yes, you you can change it. You don't have to follow the traditions of your families just because it suited your mother or your grandmother or your great-grandmother doesn't mean to say it's going to suit you in this day and age. I think that's the hardest thing too. I think people, you know, we learn as we're growing up and, and to step out of that box, you face a lot of fear to do that. And I'm sure there was a point and I, I have a couple of questions. One, did you have any siblings? And two, I'm sure there was a point where you said, okay, even as a child, you know, what age were you roughly when you started recognizing, okay, something is different and I need to step out of these feelings. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I, I had a, an older brother and with narcissists, they often have like a golden child and a scapegoat. 
and I was the scapegoat because I was like the truth teller. My brother was like golden child. And it's quite interesting. I've always had like shoulders on my head, old, old head on my shoulder, sorry. And um, I remember looking up to the sky and thinking, I don't know who's up there because I didn't really understand at that age. But mm. I would like to know what the purpose is for me being with this woman because there must be a reason why I'm going through all this. There must be a purpose to it. You know, mm. and I finally found my purpose because I can be really vocal about what I've gone on with now and really open about my my life. So I want to be the voice for women until they find their voice because I want to empower other women to have their own voice. But to start with it, I know how difficult it is to have that voice and to speak out because especially if you've got a narcissistic mother because society says, well, she's your mother, she gave birth to you, she's the only one you've got. Maybe she didn't mean it that way. It can't be that bad, you know. She must love you some some way. But when you've got a narcissistic mother, you haven't got that same bond. So you when you sort of speak out you're not only speaking out against your mother but your kind of society will say things as well so it's kind of like a double-edged sword there with that so it's letting people know that it's okay to feel how they feel not everybody's got that special bond with it, their mother especially if they've had trauma in their childhood mm-hmm. and I think too you speak mother but it really can be in any sense when you've had somebody speaking something over you that is really just fear and to step away from that fear and recognize your strengths. I mean, I look at you and you are a wonderful role model because it takes a lot of guts to step out and to say, you know, and and to turn from something that you've always known and to believe different about yourself, you know, and to realize who you are. And I know for, you know, some of the experiences that I've been through that have been nothing compared to what you've been through. I know it takes a lot of guts to step out and say, you know, I've been hurt in a situation, but I'm going to set that aside. And this is who I am, you know, and I'm sure that um, you can speak from that angle. And maybe even have you dealt with any of you know, the, the parents or the significant others, um, or siblings and helped open their eyes as well to kind of see, you know, the situation or you deal mostly with the child. Um, yeah. Um, I will help like women that have got issues and deal with their inner child wound, which then is a ripple effect because it helps, you know, their families and their extended friends and things like that. So it's, um, it's interesting because people just think oh my goodness you know how can you be so cruel to, to your mother but what we don't realize is if if it wasn't you know, like a, a parent or a family member if somebody came up to you and said oh so and so is abusing us you wouldn't suggest you go back to them but with society you know especially with mothers people suggest that we just put up with it and deal with it because she's she's their mother so it's again it, it's it's showing that the um that person isn't important and isn't worthy to be their their own person and I really believe that we're all diamonds but some of us have just been buried under other people's beliefs and thoughts so I help them women to to release those layers so they can actually shine their diamond as bright as they need to shine whether it be you know just in their household in their work in their business you know not necessarily like me wanting to go on stage and go on numerous podcasts and, and share my story but some women just want to be able to be able to be heard and seen in their in their own environment. I work with a lot of um, business owners and I've used um, a lot of local artists and whatnot. And what I find, it's a different field, but it's kind of the same analogy where, you know, maybe an artist grew up. And in fact, I have a story too. Um, I recently hired, um, I needed a sitter for dogs. So you look on Rover, that type thing. But um 
through the experience, I had this little family come and the little boy was an artist and he was, you know, there's two children and he, he wanted so bad to share his artwork with me. And the mom had actually made him leave it in um, the car and through the process of the, you know, them just visiting and whatnot, you know, I kind of interacted with with the little boy and as they were walking out, um, I had made like, I'd love to see the art type thing. And he brought it up and he shared it with me and he was like, I can't describe, I mean, this young little boy was an amazing artist. And in the house, when we were all visiting the whole time, the mother was very kind of pushing it to the side, like it's not really important. And Mm. it bothered me. So that's a big reason why I kind of like pushed for that a little bit. And then the whole conversation turned and it ended up being, well, you know, I know my, my son really enjoyed sharing his art with you. Maybe you could, cause my, I have a child that's an artist as well. And so I kind of understood like some of the, um, things that he would be into or needing and that kind of thing. So I had kind of shared some tips and she's like, my son really loved those tips. Um, he would love to kind of connect more. And I'm like, well, I can go to lunch with you guys anytime, that type thing. But really, I do encourage you to venture out and really um, expand on his artistic ability because he could be phenomenal someday, you know, and that's his passion. And so I share that story to say that in an analogy way, I see the same thing sometimes with artists, like they've either grown up loving what they do, or maybe they don't feel really great about what their gift is, but it's also not been developed. And Mm. it always breaks my heart because it's like, you know, I don't know what voice spoke to you, or if it's just your insecurity thinking that you're not great at what you do, but put it out there. You know, I started from nothing. I'd had no um, understanding of how to do the craft that I do. And when you have somebody, you know, I had a father that was great and, and a mother also that was great at always telling us that we can do anything that we put our mind to and um, had very positive um, insight, but not everybody has that. So it bothers me when I see somebody who's so talented that could go change the world with mm. their craft and, and they're not developing that. And then you see that later, they still have that passion, but they're very insecure about it. They hide it. Mm. And And so that's my passion. It's a little bit the same, but I love to help creatives get started in their gift and being able to put it out into the world in a business format um, because it's just such a wonderful thing to do, to be able to do what you love and help other people through that. So um, when you were a child and, you know, you had instances with your mom, did she, um, did she ever get help? You know, did she ever recognize her need or nothing? No, yeah, no, because um, with, with narcissists, they they think that it's everybody else's fault. And her famous saying was, "If you just behaved, everything would be okay. It's it's all your fault. You know, it's your fault. I'm angry. It's your fault. I'm upset." So, mm-hmm. um, because they've got such deep inner child wounds that they they won't recognize them because if they did they'd have to deal with them and it's too painful for them so they project that hurt out onto other people and normally their their children and they they won't take responsibility because narcissists are basically like a toddler in an adult's body who can't control their emotions and and process that their emotions so it's always everybody else's fault and you know if you spoke to my mother she'd say I have no problems it's it's just the other or everybody else in the family that they they just need to like toe the line such. 
So she's still in that mode. She's never kind of worked through her emotions or anything. Oh, that's so. No, they they. It's very rare that a narcissist will put their hand up and say, "I I need help," you know, Mm -hmm. and they just tend to get worse as they get older because they 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 feel like they're losing their their charm of being able to like charm people and manipulate people and, and love bomb them as such, and also um they feel more and more insecure the older they, they get as well because they're such insecure people. They don't like themselves and they're not happy and they, they hate the fact if they see anybody else happy and enjoying their lives, especially their children. You know, they will do anything they can to like destroy that and put the child down and make themselves the centre of attention. Mm, yeah, that's awful. That's so interesting to hear. I mean, we pass people every day, all day long, and we never really know what some people are going through. And I mean, this is a big topic too, but you know, even with all of the things going on with human trafficking and whatnot, it's just making, we want to be more alert and aware of the people around us. I mean, like the story I explained, it was really, I I could have just put it under the water and not ever, you know, put it behind me and not ever thought about the fact that she was hiding his art. But when you kind of keep your eyes open to the people around you, what you're going through, just saying something simple and addressing mm-hmm. that person that is, you know, whether it's a child or an adult or anyone that is, you know, seems like they're hidden in the background, you know, bring them forward because people do need to express themselves. And it's exactly why I like to do this podcast. I like to bring people on and share their stories and their passions. And um, it's been a wonderful delight having you on here. So if anyone wanted to work with you to, uh, to specifically, what tips would you give them, you know, maybe just two or three tips to say, hey, this is where I would start if I were you in a situation? It's getting curious about where you react in your body to things. Like if you want to go and do something and you suddenly go, like take a sharp intake of breath or you tense your shoulders up, that sends a signal to your subconscious mind to say, there's, you know, there's danger about, even if it's not actual danger because your body is still in living in like as a five, six-year-old. And it's noticing way, when you react to things and how, how you uh, do things. Like if you want to go and do something, like for instance, I work with a lot of business women, and if they want to do a Facebook Live to like, you know, grow their audience, the thought of them doing a Facebook Live, they're like, oh, I can't possibly do that because, you know, I might forget my words, but they are going to forget the words because they've gone into that fight, flight or freeze. And then we're not acting from our prefrontal lobe where the logical part of our brain we're actually acting from the part that's been triggered and we we won't be able to think straight because we'll our body's ready for that action of physically running or fighting or hiding somewhere so it's being really aware of your body and getting curious as to where that thought and feelings come from so like for me when it came to doing like a facebook live like if i speak out I'm going to be in trouble. So, you know, that equals danger. So I'm I'm not going to do that. So I I procrastinated. And what I how I help my clients is we have us as an adult true self, we have our inner child, and then we have what's called protector parts that come in. When our inner child feels insecure, doesn't feel loved, good enough, worthy, or important, and those protector parts come in to protect the like six, five, six year old of us. So if you start to procrastinate over something or if you're a perfectionist, I need to get it perfectly right before I, you know, like with your crafts and stuff, if people are doing it, oh no, I need to get it perfectly right before I show it to anybody else. Um, that can be an inner child wound that of not feeling good enough or not feeling worthy or important enough to display my, my um, um, creation that I've made. 
So it's, it's really noticing how our bodies react because our bodies will send that signal to our subconscious mind and then we will act accordingly. So like things I love to do now, like I love to do a Facebook Live now. You know, when I first did it, it was horrendous and I procrastinated for, for absolutely ages. But now I'll just think, okay, Facebook Live, there's no reaction in my body. In fact, it's like, oh yeah, oh, I really want to do that. It's going to be great fun because it will help somebody out like doing these podcasts and things you know I've I set myself a challenge to do 31 podcasts in 31 days and so many people are like oh my goodness that's so brave you know talking on all those podcasts I could never do that and they go like that thinking about it and thinking about me just doing it without those just doing it so it's being really aware of what what's going on with your body and where you're feeling it in your body and then getting curious to think why am I feeling scared to do that why am I feeling anxious to do that why am I procrastinating over that? Why am I, why am I trying to self-sabotage myself? What beliefs and thoughts are running in the background? And are they my beliefs and thoughts or are they somebody else's? Because you know, often when we've got inner child wounds, it's because our parents have had those inner child wounds of not feeling good enough and they're fearful. So they project those onto us and we grow up thinking that that's the norm, but it doesn't have to be. Exactly. And I think too that, you know, you hit a button for me too, when it comes to the lives, it's fine the same way. I think in general, people don't really think about why they're afraid to do something. I think we just instinctively react. And I like how you brought up that point to stop and think about it, because really, if you're putting your thoughts toward the person and the audience that you're going to serve, you're not going to be so focused on yourself and it takes that pressure off. And, you know, I've had to personally work through that a little bit because I'm, I'm love people, but doing like zooms and doing videos, you know, I'm an interactive where I love to kind of like see the expressions and zooms a little easier, but like to just do a video of myself talking to a screen yeah, that takes a lot, but you have to put your thoughts to who you're serving. Um, because, you know, me personally, I want to like look at a, someone's eyes and kind of interact with them and kind of bounce that, you know, rapport back and forth a little bit. And you don't get that with the screen. So no. yeah, I do understand the fear spot that you speak of a little bit in that aspect. So, but it is putting yourself in the thought of the audience you're serving, you know. Also. Yeah. And it's not natural to be talking to yourself on the screen, like when you're doing a Facebook live either, because like you say, you're normally interacting with a different person as well. So it's realizing that. And um, I, I, I love the fact that I, I love to get communities together. And like I'm doing a, a um, boot camp in September talking all about heal your inner child, heal, heal you, which is like a free boot camp. So um, if anybody would be interested in, in coming to check, check it out, I can give you the links to it to pop in the in the show notes. Because um, it'd be great to have anybody, if, if they resonate with it, think, oh my goodness, yeah, I procrastinate. Oh my goodness, yes, I'm a perfectionist. And you can like, come come on to the boot camp and find out how to start healing from from those um protective parts that come up yes absolutely do you have um an instagram or a facebook you want to share as well or a way that they can connect yeah. to the website yeah or? i'm on instagram and i'm on facebook it's brooke bounds it's a very unusual name so um, i think there's only one of me so yeah feel free to like you know just look me up and, and connect with me and i can give you the links to my instagram and my facebook as well to conclude i wanted to ask um, one last question in, you know, your relationship with your brother now, do you, does he see things when he looks back or does, does he still have the same, you know, does he have a different perspective? 
No, he he know, knows what she's she's like. Um, he's a bit more duty bound to, to her than I am because I moved moved away and um, she chose not to speak to me once I started to heal because she wasn't getting the reaction she wanted. Um, because narcissists are a bit like alcoholics or or drug addicts, they need somebody to get their supply from to soothe their inner child wounds. So when I wasn't reacting and I started to respond instead, she wasn't got getting what she needed from me. So she cut me off and, and found somebody else to 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 manipulate and control in, instead. But um, my brother and and my my family know what she's like, and that they you will just think, oh well, that's just the way way she is, and they are very careful about what they say because she can easily explode and, and cause a family argument at a drop of a hat. So, um, so yeah, it's it's not a very pleasant place to to be in her company. But mm-hmm. it is hard. Do you have a relationship with your father? Unfortunately, he passed away a couple of years ago. But um, we were very close when I was growing up, and he he was you know very very caring. But um, he didn't know what was going on because. Um, she was very calculating when she did the things she did and I was always threatened that if I told him I would get it even worse so mm-hmm. um, he had no idea what was was going on um, and I'm actually going to be writing my life story next year in a book um, and I wouldn't have ever done it while he was alive because it would have broke his heart but mm-hmm. um, now he's passed away I feel like I, it's my time to write that and help other women now. That's great that you had him though, because that was at least a relief of strength for you, you know, during yeah. those times. So, and then all the all the years after. So that's good to hear. Well, Brooke, it's been wonderful visiting with you. Thank you so much for sharing your story. If anyone is interested in working with her, I will be providing the links. Um, she will have a program available for you. It's very interesting and insightful to learn about yourself. And I know that it is hard sometimes, but when we work on ourselves, we have so much to give and we realize that. And you have an opportunity to change your life and who wouldn't want to advance and be better in any day. I know for myself that any steps that I take to you know, improve the way I think, I love to use mentors and coaches. Brooke is a wonderful coach, and she does help with insight on child trauma. Get to know her. She's wonderful. Brooke, any last words? Uh, yeah, um, just to let you know that if anybody does email me, I'll, I'll put my email link in that I do offer a complimentary 30-minute call. So if anybody wants to jump on a call with me and have a chat with me, if anything's resonated or they feel triggered by anything, um, I'm, I'm there for them. So just email me. I do answer my emails personally. And also just to let you know, I have got a book I've already wrote, How to Break Through the Self-Sabotage Cycle. So if anybody's interested on that, it's available in Amazon. I'll um, put those links, I'll give those links to you to pop in the show notes as well. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. And we will definitely have to meet up again because I do love to share tips and strategies. It's, you know, I'm sure I don't know what the weather is over in your area, but um, it's warm here. So I hope you have a lovely rest of the day and uh, we'll get together once again soon. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's Well, it's 830 in the evening now and it's been raining all day. So. <laughs> But yeah, we do have sunshine sometimes in England. So yeah, but it's lovely having been on your podcast and I appreciate you inviting me on and it's been great chatting to you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you.